Welcome to the Philocrosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. This in-season edition of the Philocrosophy Podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time a cool watch company focused on custom timepieces that commemorate life's greatest achievements. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie at Penn in the late 80s who led his team to the Final Four. John is best known for being the goalie that was dunked on by Gary Gate in the Air Gate in that 1988 Final Four game. Oxia makes beautiful Swiss-made self-winding watches whose design and quality match the essence of the memories they represent. Andy and I can attest to the quality. We each own a Brown University Oxia watch, and it's pretty much the nicest thing we own. One of Oxia's specialties is creating timepieces to celebrate storied team or championship victories. Check out the 2021 UVA National Championship watches or the Cornell lacrosse team watches we created last year. You should really see the University of Georgia football team national championship watches or the Deerfield Academy lacrosse team watch to commemorate their national championship in 2021. New for this season, Oxia is creating All-American watches to celebrate the student-athletes that earn this incredible achievement. They have designed unique timepieces for high school boys and girls and college men and women. If you want a custom watch to commemorate life's greatest accomplishments, check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the in-season podcast with PLL Chaos head coach Andy Towers. What's up, AT? How we doing? How we doing today? I'm way above average. Uh, with Browns win over Yale, with New Canaan High School's win over Darien, the Rangers capped it with a 4-0 win. Uh, you know, I just had six six Ivy League teams in the top 20. Jamie, things are going real well. Very solid. All right, well, let's kick it off with that Brown Yale game. What what a sick performance by the bears. Um, I got a chance to watch that. Um, and I'm just so impressed with the way they played um, their poise, their toughness, their athleticism. Uh, they played smart. They played well on both sides. Um, they did not win faceoffs, but they were able to, um, you know, just play great defense, great offense and score goals, man. It was impressive. They won important faceoffs, though. Yeah. What was the stat? You know, um, I want to say, that uh, the Yale guy uh, won about 50, I guess 20 for 35 is what Ramsey was. And I, and I, you know, the guy Gunty has been unbelievable all year long for Brown. He really has like, and he's, he's been so important to this team sort of managing the ups and downs of the season and with back-to-back wins over Penn uh, and Yale, even though statistically, they didn't win statistically. The reality is if you win 45%, yeah, team, you're good. You're, you're, you're eliminating that as a reason why your team would lose. Yeah. And we know Yale's offense is, has been phenomenal and, and scary putting up 45 goals last week. And so to neutralize the advantage that they've held at the X was critical for laying down the foundation to win the game. Um, you know, and, 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 
I think we both agreed on last week's podcast that outside of Maryland, Yale is probably the next hottest team. And as much as I'm rooting for Brown and rooted for Brown in this game, obviously, I, I just, I just kind of didn't see it, how they could win the game. I, yeah. I just, you know, I just didn't. And I, I you got to credit Mike Daly and his staff and the players are just are playing so hard. And Yale is a team that, that, you know, basically never gets outworked and they got outworked and they got outclassed and you got to take your hat off uh, as well to Andy Shea for addressing all of those dynamics in the post-game interview, you know, it was really uh, a class act in this loss. But Mike Daly, I mean, I'm so happy for him. You know, I'm so happy for him. With with all the other Ivy League schools getting so much juice, you know, and Brown kind of not getting that, for him and them to shut everybody up, beating, you know, two of the top teams in the country in Penn and Yale back-to-back weeks, I can't say enough about him. When I was watching the game, AT, uh, the whole time, I just kept looking at everyone's numbers, like number 42, Ryan Augerman, being like, that. that's a really good version of Dave Katowski right there. <laughs> and then Jack Kelly, I was like, J.P. Williamson has gotten a little quicker, and, man, he can, like, really go to the rack. Oh, my goodness. Well, and, yeah. No, but uh, Augerman, seriously, uh, Augerman, what a beast. Augerman and Mo- Moichetti. Uh, and Kelly, I mean, that's a formidable midfield group. I, ha- I really haven't gotten a chance to see the Jack, Jack Kelly kid play much. And, you know, Augavin, wow, just, you know, especially with, 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 with Darian Cook going down and for them to put up 20 goals. I mean, it was just unbelievable. You know, when, when is the nation going to finally give some credit to Devin McLean? Right? I mean, it, it, it's it's incredible the season that this kid is having. And it seems like everybody gets talked about except him. He's, you know, 35 and 19 as kind of a, a forgotten attackman, the leading scorer on the team by almost 20 points and does it every single game and does it in the biggest games all the time. You're right. You know, I don't. Even, I don't know why. That, that's such a great. It's such a great point. I just hadn't honestly seen them on film much until this past game, and the bigger guys um, kind of stood out with their physicality. But twenty nine was scoring goals. Um, I don't even know what he had in that game, but he had a bunch of goals. He was four and two. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. He just he just seemingly does it every single game. You know, yeah. and and you think about it, the difficulty in doing in this in this game. With Darian Cook out, yeah, it, it, it's it's even harder, and yet he stepped up. Augerman stepped up, and they all stepped up, and they kind of played, uh, you know, true to the sort of blue collar mentality that the program adopted a long time ago, and it's just great to see. And Terriot was sick. Terriot again, again he was sick, and you know it's unbelievable. They're going up to Cornell after Cornell gets pounded by Army, and if they beat Cornell and Cornell beats Princeton, there's going to be four teams or three teams at four and two, and I think they could end up getting – I mean, I don't know how – I don't know how – I know that there's a bunch of different filterings to see who gets the one, two, and three seed and how that shakes out, but they could end up playing Yale again 
in the first round of the Ivy tournament, if that happens. I mean, I think, you know, I don't even want to say it. I just, I'm rooting for Brown up in Ithaca. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's, um, let's turn the page to that game. Um, I watched that game last night. I didn't get to watch it on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but um, man, Army, I mean, they just dominated in every way. They were running by Cornell. They were shooting the shit out of it. Yeah. They were winning every faceoff. Their defense yeah. really, I mean, Cornell's offense is really good, but, 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 but Army stood up to it well. And, but, the, but, but the, the Cornell defense could not stand up to Army on Saturday. No. And, and I'm shocked by that, you know, but if, if ever there was a team that prides themselves on playing the hardest, it's that Cornell team within our league. You know, they've always been the team that I think views themselves as the most blue-collar program within the league. And the, the one program that you're never going to out-blue-collar is Army, right? And, and for them to travel up to Ithaca and play on Windy Shoal Call Field, Richie Moran in the audience. I saw Joe Lizio. Uh, who's uh, a good friend that lives in town in New Canaan here. And I saw him last night at a restaurant picking up some food and he was up at the game and he said, Richie's 129 pounds and has had this game circled because his grandson, Ryan Spacito from army that hasn't gotten a lot of PT over the course of the season. Uh, you know, he had this game circled as, as wanting to be in the stands to watch the Cornell Army game so he could see his grandson play. And, you know, who's a, who's a classier guy than Joe Alberici understanding that dynamic? I know he did, you know, without speaking to him, I know he did. And, and Ryan Spazito went out and scored three goals for Army in a 17 to 10 win. And, and Richie was there to see it. Um, you know, and, and Liz Rock said that it, it, it brought a tear to his eye and it was just, an, it was a very emotional uh, scene up there. So great, great dynamic. That is. And um, uh, look, the way they played, I, I feel like Army looks slicker than I've seen them. Like, uh, you know, they've always been athletic and they've always had some guys, you know, some All-American level guys. <clears throat> but man, they got a lot of guys that are, it just looked like almost like they got Canadian box skills. You know, they're, they're hitching, they're faking, they're redodging, they're doing things that, you know, are, are really the things that I think that have, that have like been what armies needed to be able to score. They've always had the athletes. They always play hard. They always play great defense. They just don't always score. And I feel like that's something they can do. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and they have the superstar, player in Nick turn, but Nick turn, you know, in this game was just two and two, right. which is probably under his average point total per game. Yet they had nine different school scores, six guys scored two goals or more. Uh, you know, when, when you're getting everybody involved, that's when these teams are the most dangerous. It's, it's a connection sport connection on the offensive end, connection on the defensive end, connection between the lines. And if you get guys that, uh, play with a, you know, an intensity and a toughness that Army does, and you have a superstar talent, and 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 they're and they're connected. It's a team that 
you know, has earned their number five or six ranking, whatever they are this week. What, um, what are your thoughts about CJ curse, man? That kid is, um, it was, it was really my first time. I just hadn't watched a lot of Cornell either. And, and I was able to, I mean, I've seen the guy's points. I was talking to Terry Foy, uh, CEO of Inside Lacrosse, and he was kind of like, yeah, well, Jeff Teat's gone and CJ Curtis is in. And it's hard, to, it's hard for me to make a comparison to Jeff Teat with just about anybody. And I don't really necessarily think CJ Curse plays like Jeff Teat, but man, that kid is an impact player. I mean, you start talking about those, <laughs> our nine or 10 top attackmen in the country, he's, he's not far off. That kid There's can no watch feed, his poise, his physicality, his creativity, his decision-making. I mean, you know, you, you, he just goes at you. He can come around right-handed. His slickness is insane. I mean, he looks like Canadian, but he's just more of a, a dodging guy than a pure off-ball guy. But, man, impressive player. He's so smart. You know, Timmy Goldstein, uh, who's obviously one of the all-time greats in the sport and at, certainly at Cornell, uh, you know, told me about C.J. Kirst in a phone call about eight weeks ago. Uh, just just when the season was getting started, he said, "Watch, watch for C.J. Kirst. He's he's unbelievable, and and, and obviously, uh, you know, Piatelli is is unbelievable as well. Played really well against Syracuse in their their comeback win on Monday night. Um, but I agree. You know, I think C.J. Kirst is a, is a is uh, you know is he good? Is he is he one of the top ten best attackmen? I don't know. I mean." He might be. He's leading the team in scoring. I mean, he's got 58 points. Piatelli has 54. You know, I was kind of trying to look at who was going to be the first team all Ivy attackman. And, you know, you, you look at Brandau, you look at um, Chris Brown from Princeton, you look at Piatelli from Cornell. Like, to me, those are probably Slusher. the – get it? And What's Slusher. that? Slusher from Princeton. Slusher, yeah, is, is great. And, and, and then you've also got McLean from Brown. You've got Kirst from Cornell. Um, you know, it, 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 the league is, is just unbelievably strong. I, I was listening to Paul Carcaterra's uh, podcast with Connor Busick today, and Carc just does the best job, you know, with that stuff. Um, you know, but Connor Busick, I, I just love the way that he talks about Cornell. He talks about the culture of the program and how, you know, the culture is held up and is, is hasn't changed hardly at all through Richie Moran, through Petro and Tambo and Ben and, and Milliman and now Connor Busick. And I really think that from like a, a culture perspective, these guys do a great job in the recruiting process of identifying people that have the characteristics that will fit into this locker room that really like to have themselves pushed and challenged in all areas of their life. And they just keep doing it, you know, and, and, and we'll see what happens to this team. Obviously that I'm sure they're disappointed with the loss to army, but it's not an Ivy league loss. They still control their destiny. Uh, hopefully they lose to Brown this weekend. So Brown can take the top seed in the Ivy league tournament, but uh you know, the Ivy League is, is, is very worthy of the six spots they got in the top 20 this week. Even Harvard, you know, was up on Penn at halftime. And, you know, if Patrick Birkinshaw doesn't have 20 saves for you, Penn, Harvard maybe win the, wins the game and ends Penn season. That was, a, <laughs> that was a, a good win for Penn to pull out, I'll tell you that much. No doubt. Hey, I want to go back to, the, uh, to talking about Brandau for a second. Yeah. 
to me, Brandau is, I think he's the best attackman in the Ivy League right now. I think, I think he's playing yeah. like an All-American. I, I think he's a first-teamer. I think that kid is so good. Unbelievable Dodger. Unbelievable in two-man. Unbelievable off-ball. Can catch and finish anything. He's tough. You know, he scores gritty, tough, physical. He's physical. He's a guy that uses the, his hesitations masterfully, but also uses them to set up real physicality where he's going up against some big guys and slams his body in. I mean, it's really impressive. And then he can feed it. Yeah. Listen, I, 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 I think the same thing, you know, to me, Brandau is the Ivy league player of the year this year. Um, you know, there might be some other kids that have had some great years as well. Um, but I think I have to agree with you. Um, you know, let's see how they finish. Let's see what happens yeah. to you. Know. Yeah. You know, they, they've got a, they've got to bounce back and they still have Harvard to play. And uh, who else did they play? I think they play Albany, but it's um, Albany, Quinnipiac, Harvard left. Yeah. So they, they should, they, they should get past Albany. They're definitely going to get past Quinnipiac. And I think they're going to get past Harvard. Um, you know, let's see how he finishes. But to me, he's a unanimous first team all Ivy. I think he's the Ivy League player of the year. Maybe not unanimously, but I think he's the Ivy League player of the year. And I, I, I would have no problem with Matt Brandout being a first-team All-American. I, I might say there's about five attackmen in the country, and yeah. he's one of them. But, but certainly, if Yale finishes the way that we think with three straight wins and um, you know, goes to the Ivy League championship and wins it or not, but, but goes to the tournament, and it's a team – Again, even though they lost to Army, or I'm sorry, even though they lost to Brown this weekend, I still think Yale is a Final Four team. If I had to bet, they would be one of the four teams that I would bet on making the Final Four this year. I thought so, but I'm just a little worried about the defense. Um, but 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 I, th- I I was thinking the same thing last week until this game, and so you can't just take one game. Um, it, Yale is – you know, and, and, and I think we've, we've talked about this, but they're very young. I mean, with Brando, the leading scorer, Johnson is a freshman. He's a second leading scorer. Lions is the third leading scorer. And I don't even think he started, he wasn't even in the lineup in the first several games of the season. Yeah. You, you know, said Evelyn's the first five games or something like that. Evelyn's a senior. Yeah. And then Sharp's a freshman and they got, you know, three freshmen in their top six. Yeah. That's, we talked about that last podcast that, you know, this is, this is, you know, a team that may be a year away, but they will yeah, lose well, Chris Fake next year, right? Chris Fake is not going to be on the Yale team, not starting. Yeah. He's one of the best defensemen in the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is, uh, you know, you, you have young players. Sometimes you have, you know, games that, you know, I remember when I was at Brown, we, we would lose some game. You're just kind of like, God, you know, we, we should beat this team. And, you know, but I, we can't take any of the credit away from Brown in the way that they played. No, yeah. no, no. And Brown, I, I, know I mean, they, they were physical as hell. They played fast. They, they, you know, it was, it was one of those games. It was kind of like one of those games for Cornell too. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong for Cornell did and everything that could have gone right for army did. And, you know, so that happens sometimes. I mean, first had a game like that against Princeton, you know, you just don't play very well. The other team plays great. And that's what happens. It's, it's good competition. So let me ask you a question then, Jamie. Do you think that there is – does, does Yale stay with Paquette? Uh, you know, he didn't have a great game. <laughs> he 
He had 15 saves, which is great, but he let in 20 goals. He's 43%. And, you know, obviously he's had a great year, but this was not a great game for him. And Jack Starr, who I think is now a senior on the team, is there is there a goalie? Yes. Yeah. Who should at Yale? Do you think? Uh, great question. And, and on, on, the, on the other side, Terrio was phenomenal. And, and, and honestly, had he not been, that, that game could have just been like an 18, 17, you know, burn burner. 100%. I mean, he was 54% at 15 saves, led in 13. And his saves are phenomenal saves. His saves were phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, they were like some point blank, you know, like come across. You know, I thought the kid had a couple good ones too, actually. But, but, um, yeah, right, he, but that's well, great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, he's yeah. great. Yeah. But, you know, with a young team, you know, do you just ride it out? I think you probably ride it out. You'd probably ride it out unless he just, you know, collapses. But I don't, I don't, I didn't see it that way. Well, you, you know, they're going to put together two real good games against Albany and Quinnipiac. Yep. And they got sort of that last validation game against Harvard and Harvard will be up for that game. You know, Jerry's going to get them ready to go. That may be, uh, you know, that's going to that, be a great one. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be Harvard's chance of getting into the Ivy league tournament there, or is Harvard done right now? Let's take a look at the, uh, Ivy league. Go, to Harvard, go to Harvard schedule. A uh, Harvard schedule? Good, yeah, go down to the, go down the standards. Let's just go down to the uh, Ivy League. All, right, so, all right, so Harvard, absolutely. Harvard needs to beat Yale to go to the Ivy Tournament. They do it, they're in. They do if it, they do it, it, listen to this. If they do it, they might knock Yale out. If Brown beats Cornell and Cornell beats Princeton, that's three teams at four and two. And Harvard would be three and three in the league, and Yale would be three and three, and Harvard would have beaten Yale head to head. I think Yale, I think Harvard would go ahead of them. You're right. Imagine that. Argu- arguably the number two team in the country in Yale, or at least that's still have to be Darby. I, I, mean, I, have, I have Georgetown ahead of, ahead of Yale after this weekend, but a top four team, in my opinion, in, in Yale, they, they're playing for their life against Harvard, and Harvard's also playing for their life with the pressure all on Yale. No doubt. And, and, and but by, by the way, Brown's going to still have to beat uh, Dartmouth. And, and they could lose to Dartmouth. Dartmouth is playing teams. Oh, that's tough. good. I mean, they're bound to beat somebody. Where do they play Dartmouth? Let's take a look. Thankfully at home, because that trip oh. to Dartmouth sucks. The only thing that's worse than the trip to Dartmouth is the trip to Cornell. You know, remember when we used to we used to drive up to Dartmouth on like a Wednesday, and it was always like it was like no, 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 it was spring weekend. It was spring weekend, right? And the question was always like, did you go out last night or not? And you're like, you know what? I went out last night and Thursday night, <laughs> <laughs> and we beat Dartmouth twenty six to ten anyway. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Uh... Wasn't that different different. time back then, Jamie. Different time, different different era. I've been um, uh, waiting for years to use different time on my kids. <laughs> um, all right, I want to talk. Well, did you watch the uh, Virginia Duke game? Because talk about Final Four team. I would have to say Duke played really, really scary. Wow. I did. I watched. The, I watched that. I watched that game. You know, James and those guys played Bronxville, and they beat them by a goal. 
And then I came home. It was spring break for Canaan High School. And I came home and I, I, I watched the last two and a half quarters of that game. Uh, I, I spoke to Clark earlier in the week and I told him, I said, even in the last, even the last week, we said the same thing. I said, this is the type of game that Duke wins. And, uh, and sure enough, they came out and they smacked them. And sure enough, John Donowski and this team, they like starting to put it together with two, two weeks left in April. This is where they, they always seem to turn. And but we've said it forever. But Duke always has enough players to win every game. You know, and, and it's it's figuring out who they are, but they they really took it to Virginia. They won faceoffs and yep. they scored goals and they also defended Virginia. I mean, Virginia struggled to score. Well, there's definitely a sense of urgency in Durham. Yeah. You know, and they and they still have, I believe Duke still has North Carolina and Notre Dame left, don't they? Scroll, let's see who Duke has left. I think this win gets Duke in, but I think they do. I think it does. North Carolina plays at Notre Dame on Thursday. Yep. So Duke, so, so, so Duke, Notre Dame, North Carolina all play each other the last two weeks of the season. I think the team that goes, well, Obviously, the team that goes two and zero is going to win. If if they all go one and one in those games, do do four ACC teams go? I think they do. I mean, it depends on what happens with these other tournaments. Obviously, if there's a surprise, um, you know, in the Big East or something, if somebody knocks Georgetown off, which is not going to happen, but it could, you know, then George Georgetown's already in. They're going. So then another team goes. It's really, you know, four ACC teams could go, provided that down the stretch, these teams go one and one. Uh, you know, even well, Virginia. Don't you think Notre Dame's, I think they got to go three and oh to go. You don't? You think Notre Dame does? Yeah, kind of. I think if Notre Dame beats Duke and Syracuse and loses to North Carolina, I think they got. It'll be good. Okay, look, Virginia's body of work is not great, even though they're obviously very good. They're nine and three. So let's go through their teams, right? Air Force doesn't do much for them. High point is is not good. good. I don't know if it's gonna help, but not in the top 20. Towson not in the top 20. Houston not in the top 20. Hopkins not in the top 20. Carolina is in the top 20 and 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 they still play them, right? Or, or, or they're still alive, right? Maryland pounded. Notre Dame is in the top 20. They, they, when you look at this, they have two wins over Carolina and one over Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, I, I think Virginia's in, but if they lose to Cuse up in the Dome, which they could, like there's no question they could lose that game. We could be talking about, you know, and, and if Carolina doesn't beat Duke or beat Notre Dame, now Virginia's wins over Carolinas don't don't do much. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Totally. So here's um RPIs right here. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to put it into that context when you're talking about the four ACCs. So where are their RPIs now? Duke. That, uh, sorry, Virginia is at six. Yeah. Duke is at 12. Carolina is at 13. Jackson is at 17. 
I, I honestly, like if there's no surprises in these, you know, is Jacksonville in if Richmond or High Point win the? That's a great question. I, I think Jacksonville is in. With wins over Duke and Richmond Denver. and Denver. High point. You know, Jacksonville's going to the SOCOM final. They are. Yeah. And, and, you know, who they play will be determined this weekend when Richmond plays high point. And I, I, think, I think Jacksonville is in. But, but, but if they don't win the – if they don't win – the SOCON, they could be, they could find themselves in the same situation that High Point found themselves they could. in. They could, because think their RPI is not great. You no, know, it's not. Them to, it didn't help them to play, you know, the uh, the bottom end of their of the SOCON schedule. It just kills you. No. Like, is so their, their, their RPI is 19, and right. they have zero top five wins, zero top five losses, three top 20 wins. I think there's only one Patriot League team, and I think it's the person that wins the tournament or the team that wins the tournament. I don't think BU is in. No, definitely not. BU's not going to be in. Loyal is not going to be in. Uh, Lehigh, their loss to Colgate kind of knocked them out. What about Denver? Does Denver go if Denver finishes, if if they lose the Big East championship? I don't think they do. I don't think so. Well, their RPI is 15. They've got two top five losses. They've got one top 20 win. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then they've got five top 20 losses. I don't think so. I don't think you goes. I think Brown's got a darn good shot, though. I think Brown, yeah. Brown's got a Brown. I mean, if Brown beats, obviously, uh, you know. All right. What if Brown loses to Cornell? Don't make the Ivy tournament and beat Dartmouth. I don't think they're in because I think Penn is on the bubble. Yeah. You have a top five win. Yeah. Two top how about, how about Penn losing in the final of the Ivy League tournament? I think they're in. Their RPI is eight. And who do they have left? Penn plays Albany, St. Joe's, and Dartmouth, I believe. Penn. So Dartmouth still has two more league games. There's honestly like way too much stuff left. There's there is. I know. Um, and Penn's got St. Joe's. That's gonna be if, that's if gonna they be. lose to St. Joe's. I think they're done. Yeah. Cole was hurt. I don't Cole did not play this last weekend. And he's he's the ticket to St. Joe's beating Penn. And they beat and, and St. Joe's plays Penn really well every single year. You know, it's a game that St. Joe's gets up for that, that Penn is sort of looking past. And I know that no matter what they say to the Penn players, they're still going to look past them. And that could be a mistake. It is a mistake. All right. It's time for our Oxia Time National Player of the Week. Good. What are you going with? You know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to go with Brown's Devin McLean four and two, a huge win over Yale with Darian cook going out. And I'm sure additional focus 
being put on him. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, Jamie. And I'm going back to back, Brown players. And I'm going Devin McLean, Tackman, Brown. Love it. All right. What do you think? I think I got to go with an Army player. I almost went with Spazito. Brian Spazito. Yes, you are. I'm going with it. Good. You know what? That's as big of a win as there was this week, and that was as big of a performance. With his his grandfather in the stands. Ryan Spacito, Army, three goals um, to help lead Army into the top ten rankings and really put them in a great spot. Now, you say you think that the winner of the Patriot League is going to be going oh, in a second, but what about Army? I think Army's in. I think Army's in. Okay. So it could be like Army and BU. And again, that's going to affect ACC. The ACC could have two to four teams, depending upon what happens in these other things. Army, where are we with Army? Where's their uh, – Army doesn't have a great RPI, though, man. Look at that. They're 24. I think Army's gonna. I think Army's gonna win the Patriot League. Yeah, I think they should too. Yep. Hey, did you watch the um, the the Rutgers Michigan game? I didn't, but I heard it was a great game. That was going on. That was, I think, a twelve o'clock start, and James was playing Darien that that day. So close one. I mean, let's look at Michigan's let's look at their, their body of work. Started seven and zero, and now they're zero and six with one to go against Ohio. State. Wow, what a run both ways! So they started off with the wins: Bellarmine, Detroit, Mercy, Holy Cross, Canisius, Cleveland State, Marquette, Delaware. And with that Delaware, you know, eighteen to eight win, I was like, all right, these guys are you know hadn't beat anybody, but this is like you know at the time I think Delaware was top twenty. Then they lose fourteen to nine to Harvard, twelve to seven to Notre Dame, 15-12 to Hopkins. 20 to 12 to Maryland, 9 8 to Penn State, 13 12 to Rutgers, and now they got Ohio State. They're going to lose to Ohio State, too. They are. You know, Ohio State is Ohio State's good. They, they, they battled, man. I, I, I was looking at the score and it was like, I don't know, 9 9 or something with Maryland. And the next thing you know, it was like 18 9 or something. I know. Well, you know, the, the thing that's surprising is you go to the game and you think Anasio is going to be the guy that ends up, um, having face-off success against Maryland and he got run out of the game and Charlie Blanchard's kid came in and went 10 for 20 against Weirman. Wow. Yeah. Charlie Blanchard. He was, uh, he, I played high school sports against Charlie Blanchard. He went to Rocky yeah. Hill. He was the best athlete in the history of Rocky Hill school. I went to Moses Brown and like, He'd play soccer and, and he'd, and when they would go down like three nothing, they would like, they would take him out of the goal and then he would try to score all the goals to try to win. He was like, he p- pretty much tried to play every position. <laughs> they tried to Charlie championship and everything. What's that? They tried to Charlie a championship and everything. <laughs> yeah. Who won the Rocky Hill Moe Brown game? Uh, Moe's Brown won by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're supporting cast. You had Vic. Uh, who else? Oh, like Matt Widmer, Bernie Bonanno, Tom Gamino. How was Gamino in lacrosse? Oh, by the way, I was talking about soccer on that one. We didn't even play him in lacrosse, I don't think. Uh, Gamino, was, he was a second-line midi, you know, righty, ground ball guy. 
Lots of snickering in the huddle. <laughs> Definitely. Um, all right, so Ohio State. Yep. They beat Detroit, Cleveland, and then they killed Carolina 20 to 8. Surprising score. Then they handily beat Harvard 17-12. Lost to Cornell 14-11. Forgot Cornell won that game. Then the huge win when Notre Dame really needed to win one, and they were trying to get themselves going, and they won that game. Then they lost to Denver, beat Dartmouth, lost to Rutgers, convincingly too. That's a strange score. Yeah. You know, I like honestly, like the, the Ohio State has won the games they've needed to win. Now, yeah. the Denver game is sort of the lone aberration. Right. And it's not even an aberration because it's Denver, you know, like, but, but Denver hasn't had a great year for Denver, although they did beat Villanova in a huge win last week. And I think that they're going to go into the Big East tournament as the two seed. And I think yep. that they will play Villanova probably again. And the winner will get Georgetown and will lose to Georgetown. Um, does Denver go? Let's go to Denver. Let's see what their deal is. Seven and five. Good work. They don't have any win. Ohio State's their win. And they're not going. They have to win the Big East. They have no chance unless they win the Big East. What about Towson? They got to win over Towson. Could Towson do anything here down the stretch? No, they, teams, really. You got three teams at two and one in the CAA, and you got three teams at one and two. Yep. Fairfield beat UMass, which was nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. Delaware comes back and beats Towson this weekend. You know, Hofstra had beaten Delaware the week before. I mean, this is just like that league is is brutal. It is. Yeah. So Michigan, you know, they got to. So Michigan, spoiler. Michigan's going to play Ohio State. What? what? They can play spoiler. I said. But so Michigan and Ohio State play each other this weekend. Yeah. And then, in all probability, they're going to play each other again in sort of the three-six game in the Big Ten tournament, and Penn State Hopkins plays each other in the Big Ten tournament. Right, Rutgers gets the two seed, Maryland gets the one seed, so Maryland should play the winner of Hopkins and Penn State, which I think is going to be Hopkins. So there's six teams. All six teams go now. Is that is that a COVID? Three plays six, four plays five. And then one plays the winner of four or five, unless they reseed. And they could reseed. Um, but it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, outside of the, a couple of really good Ivy games this weekend, there's not a lot of great games on the horizon. Certainly Carolina, Notre Dame on Thursday night is a great game. Georgetown Loyola on Tuesday night is going to be interesting. I think, I think Loyola... I expect Georgetown to win the game, but Loyola could win. You know, they could win. They did last year. Saturday, you've got Brown-Cornell, which I think is the best game. You've got Army-Navy. Uh, Army-Navy, but Army's going to kill them in terms of quality of the game. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Totally. Right? So I, I, I think the two – who does Princeton play? Harvard, I think. Princeton-Harvard. Yeah, Princeton-Harvard, Brown-Cornell – uh, other than that, there's there's no other great game, you know. It's sad to say that Maryland Hopkins is not going to be a great game. 
or Virginia Syracuse. You know, it could be, it could, it could end up being a good game, but it should be good games. But they're not like big games. You're not looking at the game and being like, oh, that's going to be a really good 50-50 game. It's not like Maryland should kill Hopkins. Virginia should kill Syracuse. You know, but you know, the the the, the real, the, the best game of the the game of the week is Cornell Brown on Saturday. No doubt. How about Dartmouth hosting Penn? Yeah, I mean that's a long trip for Penn, and that Dartmouth is. is better. That's a scary game for Penn. That is, you know. Uh, what uh, so so Dartmouth can win faceoffs. What, what's what's Penn's faceoff battle? Good, not great. Although he had a great game this past weekend versus Harvard. I want to say Zusi was eighteen for twenty-two in that game. I'm pretty sure, and that that advantage at the X, along with Birkinshaw's twenty saves, was you know, the oh, difference. Yeah. Obviously, in Penn winning a four-goal game or three-goal game, whatever it was, eleven eight, eleven seven, something like that. Well, I am flying to DC tomorrow to watch the Georgetown Loyola game. Awesome! I'm gonna watch that and on I'm, TV. Then I'm flying to Tempe, Phoenix for the uh, Senior Night USC at ASU. Awesome for, for the for a, a buy. So if ASU wins, they're on a five game winning streak. They'll have a buy in their their Pac-12 first round. So they got to win this game to get a buy. They'll be the second seed. With, One seed is Stanford. One seed is probably Stanford. I mean, right and now there's three teams. USC, two is two. USC and ASU have two losses, and they play each other on Friday, senior night. Got it. Then back to uh, Red Eye Flight, back to uh, watch Georgetown play the Johnnies in their senior day. That's going to be an absolute smackdown. I've got uh, five James Towers across games this week. Love it. Yep. And uh, it's uh, they had Chip Buzio put together one of the best coaching jobs I've seen in recent history. In uh, New Canaan's win versus Darien on Saturday, it was unbelievable. What was the score of that game? It was it was I think the final was eleven to ten. Um, but Darien is I mean their team is so loaded offensively, loaded, but. New Canaan won the faceoffs, and and the kid Ty Kamiski was the faceoff guy for Darien is very good. Um, but New Canaan's got a two headed monster of uh, Weedfelt and uh, and this kid Totoro, Totero, whatever however you say his name, and those guys won probably seventy five percent. And New Canaan, uh, you know, possessed the ball, shot well, scored in transition. They got. They might be the youngest team in the state, and it was just it was just an unbelievable win. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't be happier for uh, for Buzio and Rushton and their staff and the kids, and they played together, and it's just it's been a great experience. So I'm pumped for them. See, love it. All right, at have a great week. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Good luck to the uh, the Monroe kids, and uh, I loved Ryan O'Connell's tweet with uh, Happy Easter, Colin Monroe. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't see that. So good. So funny. Uh, but uh, all right. We'll look forward right. to it next week. All right. All You're right. the man. I'll Take check in. Yeah. See you later.